Alzheimer's Speaks Radio. I am Lori LeBay, your host and founder. I'm also a daughter of a mother who had dementia for 30 years, and um, it was life-changing for me, and that's why I created Alzheimer's Speaks. You see, we're an advocacy-based company providing multiple platforms to shift our dementia care from crisis to comfort around the world. We also help companies expand their brand footprint by leveraging our content and our platforms to increase access to those in need of their services, tools, and products. I also like to thank all of our listeners because you guys are so loyal to us. You have have just committed your time to share our content, um, which means so much. And not only to us at Alzheimer's Speaks, but to those who you share it with. You've just built this spider web, and we, we so appreciate you taking that time. You see your likes, your clicks, and your shares are really making a difference in the battle of dementia. Getting that information out to people in need is so critically important. And um, again, we just thank you and hope you will continue to share our, all of our different platforms from our radio show to our blog, to our YouTube channel, our website. There's just so much out there and our goal is to raise everyone's voice. And speaking of raising everyone's voice, we would love for you to be one of those voices. Um, most, most people who um, participate in Alzheimer's Speaks community have been touched by it. They've got a story to share. And so we interview people with dementia. We interview families who are dealing with it and friends, advocates, business professionals. We've had movie directors, songwriters, authors, advocates, you name it. Um, we want to talk to you because we all... We all play a hand in this, and I think it's just so critically important. Now, before I introduce my two patiently waiting guests in the wings here, I always like to give a couple of shout outs to uh, a few different companies. And the first I want to mention is the Silver Dawn Training Institute, who equips professionals and loved ones both with a new way of communicating with those individuals who are diagnosed through introspective improv. And they really bring a, a fun approach, which is unscripted, unconventional, and what they call unapologetic. And they deal with real life scenarios and they consider your situations, your patients, your loved ones, vantages, vantage points in all that they do. And I am really excited because they are coming to White Bear Lake, Minnesota, August 6th and 7th for a training for their Certified Dementia Communication Specialist training, and I'm gonna be there. And I would love to see you join us as well. You can register by just going to www.cdcsdementiaraw.com. That's cdcsdementiaraw.com. And it's a two-day program that I know will be fun. I've personally uh, met and talked with these gals, and they are absolutely adorable. And um, and I've had several friends go through the certification as well, and they just compliment it so highly. Second, I want to give a shout out to my friends at the Roberto app. The Roberto app is a really cool product. In fact, Dr. Nussbaum, who's with us today, is also involved with that. Measures brain function through video games that are really fun and engaging, and I highly encourage people to check them out. And they can just go to the robertoapp.com and get more information there. You can also go to alzheimerspeaks.com and actually get an extended free trial by putting in the code too. So if you just go to our homepage, you'll find an ad right there. Next, I have to give a shout out to Maria Shriver and her Women's Alzheimer's Movement, the Move for Minds she's got going on throughout June. And if you're not familiar with it, it's something that you'll you'll want to check out. And you can just go to the women's alzheimersmovement.org for more details there. 
So let's get uh, get to know why we're really here today. I am excited to have a couple of representatives from WellCore with us. Um, and WellCore is a company that helps seniors live healthier and happier. And who the heck doesn't want that? You know, what a, what a great, great thing that is, a great concept. WellCore is a full-service psychology practice offering comprehensive examinations, which include cognitive, emotional, and social, uh, psychosocial factors that allow them to really render an accurate diagnosis along with proper treatment. Two key things there, <laughs> accurate diagnosis and proper treatment. We don't always hear those two things going hand in hand, I'm sorry to say. So their team consists of licensed psychologists and social workers, and uh, I think their concept is really um, quite unique and exciting, and I, I'm thrilled to have them with us today. So first I'm going to introduce Dr. Paul Nesbaum, and he is back with us. I've had him on the show a couple of times, and he is the chief clinical officer for WellCore. He is a board-certified clinical psychology and geropsychology with a specialization in neuropsychology. So you can't get too many more psychologies in there. <laughs> He's kind of got the corner of the market there. He is a fellow at both the National Academy of Neuropsychology and the American Academy of Clinical Psychology. He is the founder and president of, Brain, of the Brain Health Center, Inc., um, that integrates mind, body, spirituality, wellness with clinical approaches for a holistic program to overall brain health. And the center serves both to educate and apply Dr. Nesbaum's brain health lifestyle for all ages, which I, I love that it's intergenerational and it, it can apply to, to all. Um, Dr. Nesbaum has 30 years experience in care of adults and older persons suffering from dementia, head injuries, and many other neuropsychiatric disorders. He is a, an expert um, in human behavior. He's been published in many peer review articles, books, chapters within the scientific community, extremely well, well respected. And he also serves on the editorial boards for several um, scientific and clinical journals. So welcome back, Dr. Nesbaum. How are you doing? Hey, Lori. Great to see you. And thanks for having me back. And congratulations on all your great work across the country. Well, thank you. We're, we're all doing it together, you know, it's, uh, and that's what's really fun to, to meet other people that really have a, a passion to make a difference. And, and so to me, that's just so, so exciting. I'm going to introduce next year cohort here, yep. Stephen Swartz. He is the Chief Operations Officer for WellCore, who brings more than 25 years of executive experience to the company, from Fortune 500 corporations to, to startups. Steve has successfully supported product and process development, um, enterprise resource planning, and customer relationship management. Steve brings further expertise in qualifying business trends and deploying market initiatives, two critical things for any business to be successful, especially in today's market. For almost the last decade, he has concentrated on developing innovative methods to ensure quality of clinical services within the senior living marketplace. He holds a bachelor's degree from Skidmore College and an advanced certificate in healthcare management from Stony Brook School of Health uh, Technology and Management as well as an MBA from Stony Brook University. So welcome, Steve. Thank you very much. It's truly an honor to be part of, uh, to be part of this. And I just want to thank you, Lori, for all the wonderful work that you do, uh, as well as the support and effort from your viewers and, and what they provide um, uh, to the national consciousness of, of what we're all trying to achieve, um, not only with Alzheimer's, but dementia in general, and especially with, with the focus in today's day and age within senior living uh, communities and the full spectrum. Uh, you know, we're talking not only uh, just the memory care and, and, of course, the skilled nursing, but, you know, independent living and assisted living. Um, it's something that, that we're proud to be a part of to um, help uh, the residents and the individuals uh, not only living within those communities, but supporting those that are there as as well as those that are working within. 
Right. Well, and I think one of the things too that, that I love about your company is, you know, you're you're working with everyone. And so many times we forget about those giving care that needs support yes. as well. And sometimes we, we end up focusing just on those diagnosed, but this really is a, a family and a community thing that we have to look at and, and mental health as a whole is just out of control right now. And we need so much support and, and kindness in that area. So I'm really looking forward to our conversation. But before we really jump into your company, I, I still wanna ask one little question of each of you um, that I like to ask of, of all my guests. And that is, um, and I'll throw this to you first, Steve. Have you personally been touched by family or friends who have had any form of dementia? Yes. Um, I was very fortunate uh, growing up to have uh, a great grandmother that, that lived to uh, well above 100. But in, in the time in my life that I got to know her, which was in my teens, um, uh, for, for a little bit over a decade, um, dementia had fully set in. And, and just seeing how that affected at the time my, my grandparents, my father, my mother, um, were, you know, being with her and visiting her within uh, what was then skilled nursing. Um, first of all, you know, hats off to those individuals during the, uh, um, I'm aging myself a little bit now, but in the, in the late 70s into the 80s that, that did such a phenomenal job with her in the communities uh, and, and the, uh, uh, the living environments that she was in back then. But uh, uh, it, it was a real life eye opener as a, as a young adult and, and coming of age and uh, then making decisions on, on where I wanted to take my career path that was always in the back of my mind. And, um, you know, we loved her very much. Uh, but, but to just see that um, as time went on, that she just really was not there in, from her late 80s until the day that she passed, um, very challenging on the whole of the family. Okay, thank you for sharing. Paul, how about you? Yeah, so Lori, um, my, my professional journey began at age 21, working in a specialized uh, unit here in Western Pennsylvania for those suffering from Alzheimer's at that time. Uh, I'm, I'm even older than Steve, so at that time in uh, Western Pennsylvania, that was quite progressive to have that kind of program. So over the many years, uh, 30 uh, years, uh, you know, thousands of individuals on a personal level, um, you know, I had a grandmother um, who saw go through uh, the progressive stages of Alzheimer's um, and watching how it impacts the family and uh, all of the, uh, the first and second goodbyes and the losses that go along with that. And then uh, more recently, uh, an aunt that uh, uh, my wife and I uh, uh, provided primary care for, um, uh, if you will, as a caregiver for the family side. She was uh, a bit uh, a bit isolated. Um you know, watching that occur. Uh, she's no longer with us and in a better place, but, uh, you know, really uh, had the caregiver hat on there on a personal level. So no, no doubt. Yeah. Okay. Great. Well, again, thank you both for, for sharing. I think it just um, gives everybody a, a little peek um, into where you're coming from um, in this, in this space. So I want to start out and Paul, I'm going to throw this first question out to you because mental health continues to be um, under-recognized. I mean, we hear about it on the news every single day and it's under-addressed in the U.S. Um, as far as funding goes and, and services and this is really true for older adults, yet we don't seem to be talking about it as much as I think what we should. So what are some ideas that you guys have for this glaring problem? You're, you're absolutely right. Um, you know, we're seeing a spiraling almost epidemic of suicide in this country. We're seeing uh, issues of mental health, particularly in the older, uh, sorry, the younger adult as we uh, get this information from the media almost on a daily basis. Uh, uh, but you're right, Lori, uh, this goes back to the time when I first began my own career. Um, for some reason, in the United States of America, we tend to be a youth-driven uh, sort of a, a country and culture. We, we tend not to pay enough attention to uh, older adults, and certainly that's true for mental health. And so there is indeed a glaring need to have a conversation, uh, to have um, uh, lobbying going on, to have increased legislation and uh, monies put forward, and uh, folks like yourself and, and hopefully Steve and I uh, coming forward to provide uh, expertise and, and programming that one recognizes that it really does not matter how old you are, what your age is chronologically. We are human beings throughout. We suffer 
we uh, champion, we celebrate uh, all of the things known as the human condition. And certainly what we know from um, uh, uh, the data and the research with uh, older adults in the United States of America, major depression is continues to be a, um, a disabling condition, not only in the United States of America, but on the world stage. If you look at the World Health Organization, what it says about depression uh, as a, a, a percentage uh, per capita of the number of older adults in America, uh, suicide is alarming. Uh, and we don't talk enough about that, particularly the uh, uh, the widow, uh, the widower, uh, the, the man who has lost uh, a loved one, but also for females who are aging uh, successfully and then uh, incurring mental health problems. Anxiety, uh, a huge problem for the older adult. It is not just an issue with uh, younger adults. Loneliness, we've learned more and more, and I know, Lori, you and I talked about this before. Loneliness is an incredible risk factor for dementia. Yeah. And now we're also, we can add into the, um, what they call the tsunami of Alzheimer's disease and related cognitive problems, where we're going to go from about 5.2 million Americans today, uh, most of them uh, age 65 and over, but not all, uh, to about 15 or more million Americans um, in the next uh, several decades. And at, at this time, while we do have a number of heroes and champions um, leading the charge to care for these uh, folks, we're nowhere near where we need to be as a country, and we need to become more enlightened uh, with regard to the older adult uh, in terms of not only the, their needs, but as you pointed out, Lori, the family's needs. It's a family system issue. So those are just a few of the things, and it really is what you know. I think all three of us are about, uh, and certainly what WellCore is about, and certainly what Alzheimer's Speaks is about, which is coming forward to kind of lead a charge and to tell everybody to get on the train and say, let's be the best we can in the United States of America for this wonderful generation that has done so much for us already and care for them in ways that are both proactive uh, and, um, and help promoting. Great. Thank you. Steve, do you have anything you want to add in on that? Yeah, I, I you know what, I, I couldn't have said it better. I mean, it, it, it's an amazing time period that we're in right now. Uh, as I mentioned before, when I was talking about my great grandmother and what senior living was back then and, and you know, when it, in the 80s, it really did start with, hey, let's start with activities in senior living communities. You, you had all these amazing organizations when it came to the health of your heart. And the more that you stayed um, active and exercised, you know, the, the greater the chance you were to save off any, anything that might come with um, any, any type of physical challenges as you were growing older. And, and you know, it was, it was all about that. Here we are 35 years later. And in the last five years, and then hopefully for many, many more years to come, there's just been a tremendous, I don't want to say shift, but an enhanced focus. That wellness pie now really has a huge chunk of it focused on psychological and mental wellness within um, senior communities and recognizing that staying active, being vibrant, also getting that clinical care, that one-on-one -on -one or those group situations um, where somebody professional, and in WellCore's case, we have psychologists, neuropsychologists, licensed clinical social workers that are there to evaluate, to assess, and then provide ongoing programs, you know, th that can help with a full array of what you would see, you know, when it comes to tremendous number of issues that exist within senior living, from mood disorders to cognitive and behavioral um, but also, as we mentioned before, even working with the caregivers, senior living, you know, because I want to make mention on something that you said before, Lori, as an industry, has one of the highest turnover rates. And the reason being is, is it, 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 people get burned out. They, they care so much about the individuals, you know, our loved ones, our mothers, our fathers, our uncles, our aunts, brothers and sisters that are in these communities. And, and naturally, with aging and how aging takes place, there are going to be issues. But when those issues are compounded by any number uh, of items, uh, socialization issues, financial issues, health issues, um, it, it's just a very tough place to work. And I myself, I did come from working on that side. I started my career in, in hospitality management, and that ventured into senior living. And, and I was able to see it myself. And you know when somebody's moving into your community, um, everybody has to have what's called a primary care workup, right? Your, your regular doctor has to give a report, and most managers and caregivers working with them in that community can see as soon as that person walks in the door, 
what, what maybe some of the physical challenges are or, or some of the, you know, those type of health issues. But, you know, back then, and I think they still refer to it now, we refer to it as the unfortunate twos, which is whether it's two weeks later, sometimes two months later, all of a sudden, some other things are coming out that, that you were not really aware of because that primary care physician was really unable to do a, a, a full psychological profile, you know, and add that to their, to their wellness assessments. And now what you're seeing in senior living, and we've been a big part of that, and, I, and I'm probably taking the wind out of something in the future that Dr. Nussbaum is going to be talking to you about, but the ability to be at the forefront of case management, which is what is unique with us. Right. Your, your question really revolves around well, what is it unique that you, you can bring to the table by being proactive. And, and that's a very big word for us. But by being proactive and being at the forefront of evaluations and assessments, we can help these teams, these wonderful people that are there um, to maintain as much independence as possible of your loved ones in their communities. We can help them be at the forefront of case management to ensure that they're matched up and set up with the right type of activities and the right type of quality of life that they, that they need to move forward with and, and, and to hopefully prosper. Um, everybody moves into senior living in one stage or another with, with different challenges. And, you know, some people just gave up their car keys after 50 years or their house after 35 years or whatever the case may be. And, and they're going to be onset with a whole litany of different challenges right in front of them in this new environment that they're now calling home. And part of our job is not only to evaluate and assess, but to work with them in one of our programs to really help them become part of the fabric of that community. Well, I think that makes so much sense. Um, you know, being I, I used to be in healthcare um, ages ago, and then my mom was in a nursing home for 14 years. And just seeing the process of, of what people go through I mean, most of them land there because of uh, maybe a medical condition, you know, or they're, they're not able to do quite everything they used to be able to do. But being able to twist that and focus on what can they do and in building up that ego and making them comfortable and socially engaged, um, I don't know how we've missed that for so long. You know, it, it's, it's really been, you know, kind of a bing, bang, boom part of a plan, you know, when you go to a care plan meeting, anyways, this is how it was for me, there was, there was always a nurse, there was a dietitian, there was a social worker, um, and then they would kind of skim over, you know, what the doctor had to say, but there really wasn't anything from a social standpoint, and you'd hear a little bit from the activities person whose job was to keep people engaged, and probably was one of the most critical people in terms of knowing what's actually going on with the person because they have more contact. Yet in most cases, what I found was, you know, they're, they're okay, really valued a whole heck of a lot. And yet they saw so much and I think continue to. And I think that, you know, that allowing them that comfort and that peace and helping them through that transition and, making it one of empowerment um, and, and really a team effort that, you know, it, it shouldn't be an embarrassment. This is anytime anyone goes through a change, we have struggles, you know, we have to learn how to adapt again. And that, that piece, I guess, I didn't see it near as active as I'd like to. So I think what you guys are doing is, is brilliant and will alleviate behaviors. It will improve health. It will, probably um, help staff stay a little bit longer and not get burnt out. Um, it'll it'll complement um, families and, and their understanding of what somebody is going through because I think there's there's kind of a battle between family and staff and and that can be that can be settled down I think through this process as well on what everybody is seeing and what they're because really what everyone is seeing comes down to what they're feeling, but no one's talking about the feelings, right. you know? So um, in, in digging a little bit um, deeper, Paul, I'll throw this one to you. You know, we have such a huge variety of type of senior care communities out there and, and different terminology kind of for the same thing. And from state to state, they're different. And, um, you know, it gets, it gets confusing for people in the United States. Um, and it gets, I think, confusing for staff working 
because they hop around these different <laughs> communities too in terms of what's expected. Are these organizations really addressing the mental health needs of older adults? Um, you know, have you seen many of them doing that um, or any of them doing that? And, and you know, or maybe, maybe they're on track. I, from what I've seen, probably not so much in terms of the depth that I think your company um, can offer. Um, you know, the only time I really saw the psychology part come in play was when there was a behavior. Yeah. And, and not everybody has to have a, um, an aggressive behavior to have issues. And, and that's, I think, where you see the anxiety and, and the turmoil that can kick into all kinds of then medical issues, you know, for, for individuals. But, but I'll let you answer that question. <laughs> so I, I think I have a good uh, insight to that. Uh, I've worked uh, many, many years with some of the largest um, senior care organizations in the country, um, and it's really not geographic in nature at all. And there is certainly... You know, we're getting, we're getting better, Lori. Uh, we came, uh, the senior care is defined by uh, the continuum of care has come really from a hospitality-based uh, culture now into healthcare, And um, there's some turbulence along the way. And there's some really well-intentioned, smart executives that I've had the pleasure to learn from and get to know. But I've been very frank with them, and I've been very frank with anyone that cares to listen that, you know, look, it, 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 we started already saying the United States of America, we're not where we need to be with regard to mental health, awareness, education, understanding, and practical program implementation for the older adult. That's certainly true within senior care. And now we can stand back and, and complain or insult, and that's not what, you know, WellCore is about. We're trying to fill a void to, to, to come up with some answers. So, you know, what do we do? First of all, as I've already said, we need to have a conversation about the existence of mental health issues uh, uh, with the older adult population, particularly the residents living within senior care, understanding that caregivers, both the staff professionally and the family, are going to be part of that story. We then need to have an honest conversation about, in my opinion, as the chief clinical officer for WellCore, we need to know what we're dealing with. And the only way you're going to know what you're dealing with in terms of one's psychological status is you have to do a proper diagnostic interview followed up by at least a cursory uh, set of tests that give you some sense of where this person's cognitive ability is, where their emotional uh, status is, where their relational ability is, uh, and really get to know them. As a practical example, across the country, greatest country the world knows, we have wonderful uh, senior care organizations that have uh, entered into, ventured into what's called memory care. Well, I always challenge CEOs at these uh, places, what do you mean by that? Is that an older adult with a memory problem? Yes. What's the memory problem caused by? And that's where the conversation starts to get a little slippery. And as a clinician really interested in this stuff, um, it's a critically important question because we can't just say an older adult with, with beautiful white hair who's got memory problems has Alzheimer's. She may not. There's 100 causes of dementia. You know this, Laura. You're an expert at this. And the medical field's every bit as bad at, at this. Uh, we just simply apply a label and we think it's this. So now we treat the person as if they have Alzheimer's. Well, most memory care programs in the United States of America within senior care are almost by default, default presumed to be an Alzheimer's program. And that's fair, but you better call it that. Now, let's take it from there. Let's say that's an Alzheimer's program. Alzheimer's, as you know, can last two to 20 years. So within your memory care program, that's really an Alzheimer's program, do we want to build a continuum within the memory care Alzheimer's program, which I always believe is a good thing. And so the only way you're going to know where a person is in that process, that staging, is you have to have pretty good numbers set up to know where they are and their cognitive ability and their, and their uh, staging of decline, what that means behaviorally. Uh, if behavioral problems arise, and you know this, Lori, they're going to arise. And in my opinion, what I always tell the executives at these uh, healthcare organizations, senior care organizations, Memory and problems really is not going to be your big issue. It's going to be behavioral acuity issues, the agitation, the hallucinations, the uh, aggressive uh, impulses sometimes that arise when the brain is uh, afflicted with dementia. So having an entity like WellCore involved, not as a consultant, and I mean that sort of psychologically, we're not 
full-time employees with the organizations, but we're there enough to be considered part of the team. I can't tell you how important that is. I'm a consultant myself, Paul Nussbaum. I've gone into many places out there. I go in, as you were talking about, Lori, and a nurse will hand me a list of residents I'm supposed to see, and then I leave. And I do the best job I can, and I talk to the families and the staff and everything, and that's I do, I do a good job, but it's not what is needed. What is needed is for an entity like Wellcore to team up with whatever the name of the senior care organization is, to team up with the family members and the residents to be there on site so that that care team can know when they go to bed at night, we're going to be there if something comes up. So that resident knows who we are so that we're at the care planning table. So when you add in things like expertise, both from an executive and from a clinical perspective, when you add in a state-of-the-art diagnostic protocol, a comprehensive treatment program um, that includes family, staff, and resident, and the presence, uh, peace of mind of knowing that we're there, we're going to be present with you, you started that practical application we've talked about. Now, are we perfect? No, we're not. We've got to learn a lot of things, but you know what? Right now, I can tell you with all kind of confidence, we're really at the tip of the spear out there. We're really pioneering this within the senior care community, those things I just talked about. And we think we have an opportunity to do this with so many leaders like yourself and the executives out there in senior care and the good people that are working there to really do what? Increase the level of sophistication, credibility, and expertise and quality of care for the residents that are living there. Most of uh, that may be too strong. A lot of the individuals living in senior care are struggling. Mm-hmm. I've had CEOs look me right in the face and say, you're right, Paul. We don't know enough about who is actually struggling in our, in our community. We don't. Mr. Jones is not coming out of his room. We don't know why that is. We're seeing changes in behavior. We don't know why that is because it's not good enough just to call in an MD or a psychologist every four weeks. That is not what we want for our mothers and fathers in this country. So, a bit long-winded, but that's the kind of deep dive we have to take to get where we all want to go, which is the best system in the world to care for our older adults from a psychological perspective. Well, and one of the things that I like about that, speaking from you know, a daughter who had a mom in a, in a nursing home, is you know, when my mom, when we switched from going to outside doctors to going to the in-house doctor, her stress came way down. Again, part of that was because of her progression. But I just felt like the the doctor understood so much more because they were and they and they have then they have a better feel of the community so they can they can give better input instead of this hit and miss. Right. I just think there's so many um, different pluses to that and then feeling part of that team because one of the things that I also see um, as I travel the country sometimes is if people are getting different advice from different people, and so then staff isn't getting a consistent message right. in terms of what is it are we supposed to do when somebody acts like this, you know, or when someone's having an issue like this. And when you when you have that consistent team, and you know when you're all meeting together. Um, I, it, you're just going to have better care. I, I don't. I, I can't see how you're not going to. And I know that there are, you know, even like with my own folks, they didn't want to switch their doctor. They felt really comfortable, and and there's you have to respect that as well. Um, but having this as added value, um, I think could be pitched. But we're, we have to get the stigma pushed aside. That, you know, you're not crazy if you're seeing a psychologist, you know, or if you need the help of a social worker, this, this is all, this is all common stuff. And this will, this will help you, like you said, be happier and live better um, in a healthier life. Um, Steve, I'm sure you have some things to add to that. You know, know, Paul started off by saying it exactly correct. It's getting better. Um, Mm -hmm. But in many ways and in many parts of the country, it's still hit or miss. And I would advise your viewers, you know, always do your research. You're going to come across senior living environments where they say they have something. And, and it, you know, 10 years ago, a decade ago, it was who was going to get this all-encompassing cognitive computer program that their residents could use and would better themselves on that, you know, only to find out after some time that it was really the grandkids when they 
came into these communities were using it more often than anybody else just to, you know, just to, for some time, you know, and, and that was it. And then, um, as Paul mentioned before, you had these memory care situations come out and programs come out. And, you know, I myself was a part of one of them for a little while. And, and, and that is just a very small part of what a true geriatric psychological practice should and could be providing to the community. So whether it's Wellcore or another group, you want to make sure, and there aren't that many, there's no one else that's national, but um, it might be somebody local, but you want to make sure that it is, a, as Paul said before, a, a true integration with the, with the staff. You know, we refer to it as the Wellcore way, right? What that means to us is plain and simple is, yes, we're going to have residents that we assess that we evaluate that we provide ongoing, you know, therapies for, you know, be it for psychosocial issues, cognitive issues, mood behavioral, et cetera. But, but the reality is, is, you know, we're there for all parts of the community. And if the staff needs us to assist with a family member that has questions, even if it's not a resident or, you know, one of the residents that we work with, or if it's another resident that we're not working with, we're, we're part of their staff and we're going to be there for them. Um, you know, I, I, I may have mentioned before, um, you know, that, that when it comes to the staffs and, and how they do things, every state is very different and they all have their different go-to elements. And, and in some situations in senior care, if they don't have a reference point like a Wellcore or they don't have anybody, you know, like us to be able to work with them, the only outlet that they have is what the state mandates. And, and oftentimes that means bringing in an outside entity, a state entity, to come in and help with the situation or remove that resident temporarily for, and, and it can just provide such hardships for the family. So, you know, it, with, with everything that you were saying, Lori, and, and obviously you, Dr. Nussbaum, um, you know, my biggest advice to your viewers out there is do a little bit of research, make sure that the community that you're working with truly has reference points that either is Wellcore or liking of Wellcore, you know, you just want to be, safe than sorry. Yeah. Well, one of the things you brought up was, you know, the geriatric practice, which, you know, we don't have enough geriatricians, period. Um, and, and people in the, the medical sphere focused on this. And, and that's a critical, critical piece that, that is needed. I, I can't tell you how many people just in the last month I've talked to that have been looking for, because their person is having behaviors, being kicked out has to go to a Jerry psych unit and you know a program like yours might have been able to avoid that and and figure out what is causing this instead of always throwing the medication at somebody and putting them in a in a different environment that is is scary to them and uncomfortable and 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 not that we don't have to baseline and pull everybody off meds every now and then but I I just I see the frustration that the family goes through. I see uh, more than more than once, probably almost every single time, family will go, I don't understand why the problem is. These staff don't have an issue. They have the same behavior, but they, they, they react differently. And these ones have a problem, and now they're getting kicked out. And, yeah. so, you know, some of that is, a, you know, is a training thing. And, it, again, it's if you don't have the support behind you, to say this is the way we're going to do this and be monitored and kind of that professional voice saying there's a better way. You know, yeah. it's, it's, it's really, in my position, it's really, really frustrating, and I'm sure it is yours as well, to see things like that happening, and they're becoming much more common. because Lauren, we're very fortunate at Wellcourt to have somebody like Dr. Nussbaum as our chief clinical officer, he is one of literally, and this is a sad thing to say, especially, you know, with the, the baby boomers entering, you know, this environment now, but he's one of a handful of geropsychologists in the whole of the United States. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, I, I'm sure he can speak more to that, but you know, it, it's, there's just so many gaps out there as, as you go from different organizations and different companies. Some of them really do it very well and, and, mm -hmm. and, and have really, you know, just become proactive and, and are really on the cutting edge of this. Others are, are playing catch up very quickly, but, you know, they still have a long way to go. And, you know, they, there's still a learning curve for them. But when you put the right people in the right place, and, and that's what any business does. Mm -hmm. uh, and we feel that we've done just that. Um, 
you're going to make a difference. And, and we feel each and every day with each and every community and each and every resident that we're working with, we are difference makers. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, I know that you really handpick your staff too. So, you know, that that's another thing that can be really scary for just families. If they want to reach out, if they want to get this, who do they go to? Do they really, I mean, because, you know, we're all, you don't know what you don't know until you don't know it, you know, and then you, you figure it out, yeah. and, and then it's kind of too late, and you've all been through the ringer, and now y'all need help, you know, and so um, having that in place makes, makes I think, such a big difference. Steve, I wanted to ask you, because you guys are, you know, WellCore is a new company, and you're dedicated to providing comprehensive psychological services, you know, to older adults living in senior care. Um, how are you situated to really actually be able to help those needs? Can you break that down a little bit more on, on how you would work specifically um, with not only the company, but the family and the individual? Sure. Well, Lori, you actually started off very nicely by, by mentioning the, the quality uh, of the network and the staff that we have. And, you know, we are a national group. Um, we're growing into more states with every quarter. Um, but it all starts with the quality of the individual that we bring into, into our organization, into our company. Um, and, and not only in the training that, that is overseen and fostered by Dr. Nussbaum to, to integrate them properly from a, a, a clinical perspective, but also uh, individuals like myself and several other support staff that, that come from senior living that, that, that get to know the various different uh, communities that we work with to make sure that we integrate our teams the right way. Because as we said a few moments ago, you know, it really is about us being a part of the staff, not seen as a third-party vendor. And that is extremely important when recognizing the, the full elements of the wellness program, mind, body, and spirit, but the full elements of, of a wellness program that any community has out there. And, and any good community leader is going to know that you cannot get any type of wellness program off the ground without making sure that a company like WellCore with the references and the individuals that we have are at the forefront of any type of case management, you know, to make sure of the quality measures, to ensure, you know, uh, to help with the staffing that, 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 sometimes is can be lacking in mm-hmm. senior living uh, communities. But, but our clinicians from the very moment that they start with us and start our training and then, and then are onboarded and, and brought into the community, it, it's one word, or, you know, which is, which is ingrained in their head. And that word is communication. Okay. It is communicating obviously very effectively with the residents with whom they service uh, and provide clinical support to and, and enable uh, a, a assessments for. But it is communication with the other staff that is there within the other clinical services that are provided. There is a, a whole living, breathing support staff of, of clinicians and caregivers there. And, and if we're not at the forefront of that case management, if we're not at the forefront of the communication standards that are brought into that community, we're failing at our jobs, but that communication, that's only 50% of it. Mm -hmm. The other 50% is communication that has to exist with the family members, with the loved ones, with those that are the healthcare POAs, uh, which which is such a vital element uh, uh, with with anybody who's aging within senior living communities. It's the ability for our clinicians to be in touch with them, remain in touch with them. There are even certain clinical services that we involve them to be a part of um, so that, that we're, we're all striving for one goal, you know, and, and, you know, yes, our mission is to enable optimal quality of life and independent functioning for those residents that we serve, no matter where they are in the spectrum of senior living, but we are not going to get there, you know, as a lone wolf going at it on our own. It, it, it truly takes a village. It truly takes a community to make sure that, that, that the residents are able to thrive and become part of the fabric social structure. Even those that are in memory care and are already seeing uh, uh, tremendous disadvantages, you know, with the dementia that they may have um, or, you know, uh, uh, another uh, uh, element that is challenging to them. 
there are always ways, you know, to be able to work with those individuals, work with the staff, and work with the family members to bring about the most positive results. And sometimes the most positive results, Lori, is just stagnation. You know, you know, making sure that that slippery slope slows down in some ways or finding coping skills to, you know, better wrap your arms around different things. And that's what Dr. Nussbaum has done such a wonderful job in helping to make sure that our clinicians know what to do and, and, and being a reference point to them. I, I don't think there's a day that goes by um, that, that at least a dozen of our clinicians isn't reaching out to him or certain of our, other of our, of our lead psychologists, you know, just to make sure that they get the, the, the best ideas to cope with the, the various uh, uh, issues that they may have. Yeah. Well, and I, I can't agree with you more um, in terms of philosophy there and that team support. I think, you know, to me, one of the problems with our world as a whole is that we, we seem to have forgotten that each one of us affects other people. Everyone's kind of running around in their own little bubble thinking, well, what I do doesn't affect you, but it does. And especially when it comes to dementia, you know, a lot of times it's our actions they're reacting to. Um, it might not be our words, but it might just be our body language. And, and people need to really consciously care a lot more, you know, and, and look at the whole picture. And, you know, our families a lot of times, um, and staff alike, will take things personal. Well, they're doing that to get me or push my buttons. And it's like, no, it really doesn't have anything to do with you. <laughs> you know, it has some, let, let's go back to being person-centered and, and seeing what's going on with them. And, right. and having those conversations, I think, are so critical and, and so often missed. Um, and, you know, to me, uh, that's just a, a humongous factor. Um, Paul, do you have anything to add on that? Well, I would just say that, uh, you know, everything uh, for me is built off of that initial assessment, which makes uh, Wellcore so very unique, because then that guides the care plan, right? And for us, Lori, we couldn't take everything on at once. So, you know, part of my job was to kind of create the strategic plan clinically. And we have um, very distinct clinical programs, for example, mood disorders program, where we really, you know, want to treat folks with depression and anxiety. We talked about that a little bit. We have a neurocognitive clinical program where you get into the dementia there, the behavioral, I'm sorry, the memory issues. Sometimes it's a head injury mm -hmm. uh, with older adults who have a lot of falls, as you know, it tends to get underrepresented. It might be a seizure disorder. Um, <clears throat> we have a caregiver program that really goes after exactly what we've been talking about here today. Uh, and then certainly um, the, one of the most important, I think, is going to be this behavioral modification program where, you know, that's where you're dealing primarily with um, agitation and perhaps psychosis, uh, acting out, uh, uh, you know, not typical of the person's character, certainly, but caused by perhaps a dementia. Mm -hmm. And that's where we want to be able to help that community, help that family. And a lot of what I hear you saying, Lori, is so true that I think if we as WellCorp with the community can increase the amount of education and the understanding of what's going on, all of the anxiety sometimes really dissipates a bit because the more we know, the less we prejudge, the less we, we are concerned about or anxious about, uh, the more everybody can contribute to those answers. The, uh, the training program at WellCore is very intensive, and the WellCore way is really about everyone coming on board, understanding what, what I call the dance, the clinical dance is, step one, step two, and you don't go into clinical programs, treatment programs, until you know exactly what we're dealing with. We have a wonderful electronic medical record. It's all HIPAA compliant. Uh, so it's a pretty sophisticated um, endeavor that I think we have a chance to really make a difference. And we're growing pretty fast, Lori. And for me, at the end of the day, it's, um, it has nothing to do with name or, or, or ego or anything like that. It's really all about, at this time in my life, about uh, trying to make a difference for the older adult. And I think WellCore's uh, got a chance to do that. Great. Um, we've, we've talked a lot about the unique ways that you guys are, are making a, a difference and your approaches. Steve, is there anything else that you wanted to add? Um, I, I'm just very grateful um, that in, from a business sense, a relatively short period of time, although 
you know, Paul and I have worked, have known each other and worked with each other for years. And, and several people within WellCore right now have as well. Um, but, but in WellCore coming together in the way that we have over uh, the last year and a half and, and, and the partners that we've been able to, to, to bring on board, the senior living uh, companies and organizations that have really just jumped on board, uh, not even just 100%, uh, you know, 125%. Um, when you can develop a, a, a true partnership between uh, a senior living community staff and, and the healthcare um, elements that are so vital to the residents, um, you're going to create a wonderful, a wonderful environment uh, uh, for those uh, uh, within, within the communities. And we're, we're just very grateful to be, I think, in the right place at the right time. Um, you know, as, as we mentioned before, you know, the greatest generation is there right now. And um, the things that those individuals did, uh, you know, in the last century and, and up till now it ha have been tremendous, you know, but, but now you're, you're looking towards baby boomers and, you know, they were not taught how to draw within the lines, you know, they, they, they go outside of it. They, you know, it, 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 it's a very different mentality and, um, I'd like to think that that WellCore uniquely um, understands that and, and, you know, gone, I don't want to say gone completely, but where there may have once been a stigma with, with psychological care, um, you know, we're seeing those walls come down with each year that progresses and the recognition that as somebody is looking at a community in the future, you know, you want it to to really be able to help you out with all facets of your life. Aging can be difficult. There, there's it's a very true statement. Um, but if you have the right support systems, and it starts with your family, but if you have with the, the right support systems surrounding you, you you maintain independence for as long as possible. But you can also you know just have some semblance of yourself for a long time to come. Do you, um, Steve, do you want to um, talk about any of the, um, or maybe mention any of the companies that are working with you now, or is there just too many and you're afraid you might miss some? <laughs> there, there is a little bit of that. I, I might defer to Dr. Nussbaum on that. There's a couple in particular that I'd really like to mention. Uh, I, uh, uh, New Perspective ha has just been a, a fantastic partner with us, and uh, looking to continue to grow with them in the Midwest. And I think they're soon going to be going beyond that. Um, we do work with a tremendous number coast to coast. So I don't want to mention an awful lot for that very reason that you just said, Lori, but, but that company in particular has been tremendous as has companies like Azura memory care and, you know, a few others of that, of that, they, they really just recognize that, that this need to very much be a part of not only their future, but who they are now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm familiar with New Perspectives. They're um, right here. I'm in Minnesota, and so they're right here in Minnesota, and they've they've always been pretty progressive in terms of what what they're looking at doing. Um, Paul, was there any that you wanted to mention offhand, or uh, we've uh, you know I had a relationship with Chris Hyatt from uh, Brookdale in my emeritus days. I was at emeritus for 13 years, as you know. They uh, uh, were integrated with Brookdale, and we we do work a bit uh, with some. Uh, facilities with uh, Brookdale and, uh, you know, great organization there. I had the pleasure of working with them for a year as National Director of Brain Health, 13 years at Emeritus as National Director of Brain Health. That got us in a new perspective. We're in uh, at least eight states right now, Lori, <clears throat> excuse me, and that's going to be growing fairly rapidly. In my um, my own uh, niche within WellCore, um, Steve, am I pretty accurate now? We're probably close to 200 or more clinicians. I know that changes every day. That's why I don't have the exact number. So um, you're, 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 you're in the right ballpark. Yeah. And you, know, right ballpark. and you know, Lori, from, uh, uh, you know, we're working with different companies uh, within the brain fitness space, such as uh, the Roberto uh, and the RC21X. As you know, we had a good uh, uh, conversation on that uh, with you. Uh, and some others uh, uh, that we're working with now, uh, FitMinds is a wonderful uh, program out of Canada that uh, works with a caregiver in the brain fitness space. So we're trying to bring all entities into this and make it a, a really a complete package for facilities to take us on as part of their team. Wonderful. 
Yeah, I thought I saw um, Atria that you guys worked with too. Yeah. And I was really, really impressed with them when I was out east. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, we, we work with a lot of different atrias and sunrise, and Paul had mentioned Brookdale's and uh, 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 several other of the uh, uh, large organizations, as well as uh, some really fantastic independent situations all across the U.S. Uh, um, and, you know, we're in 175 communities right now. Uh, oh, that's um, great. Uh, and, uh, you know, as the business entity here uh, within Wellcore, of course, I want that to just, you know, to do it. But Paul is always the anchor. Dr. Nussbaum is always the anchor saying, wait a minute, quality over quantity every day, you know, every week. And, and he is the one that grounds us to make sure that no matter where we go and what we do, that that, you know, over, you know supersedes everything. Well, that's wonderful because that's, I mean, that's how you lose direction and that's how, how you start crumbling apart. So um, it's nice to have such a solid anchor and, and team that, that really gets that. Um, Steve, if you want to mention just one more time the types of professionals that you have within your company to offer, um, just as a reminder for people, I think that would be great. Uh, we have psychologists, we have neuropsychologists, and we have social workers, but, but these are licensed clinical social workers. So, um, and, and this is not to say that, you know, other mental health uh, uh, individuals, um, you know, nothing to say negative about that. It's just that when you're dealing with an LCSW, like the psychologist and social worker, the amount of hours that they have to put in to get that extra credentialing is tremendous. And, and, and we, we really put a little bit of a cachet on the type of candidates that, that we bring into uh, our organizations. And I should also mention that we always don't go where, with every senior living community that, that, that reaches out to us or we initially uh, maybe look into. You know, there are qualifiers to make sure that we can truly engage in that partnership. And, you know, if they're unwilling to do that or, they, or there's a, a, a lot of back and forth that is not putting the residents and their family, you know, at, at the top of that triangle, if you will, um, then it's just not a partnership that we can follow. Okay, great. Um, now, what is the best, best way for people to reach you, Steve? Well, um, you know, we do have a website, and, and uh, that is Wellcore, W-E-L-L-Q-O-R. So wellness and Q-O-R stands for qualityofresults.com. So wellcore.com, um, and, and you can certainly message us through the website. We also have an email address, uh, info, I-N-F-O, at wellcore.com. Um, our corporate office number, we invite anybody at any time to give a call. Give a call to me directly, but uh, uh, that number is 844-888-0355. Um, and once you call, you'll get a, a full directory of, or somebody will pick up immediately soon after. Uh, but if you want to reach me directly, my extension is 1003. And as Dr. Nussbaum will tell you, I spend my day, half my days on the phone talking to almost anybody. So. <laughs> Uh, I am very happy uh, to be that, that first person with, with whom you might have contact with. But again, that phone number is 844-888-0355 um, and, uh, or the email address, which is info at wellcourt.com. Wonderful. Thank you. Paul, anything you want to add? The only other thing I would say I wanted to mention, uh, we have another really great uh, executive uh, and founder. Steve is a, a founder, as I am, of Wellcore, But Dan Chomsky is our uh, Chief Financial Officer, who really comes with a lot of experience, Dan, in, um, in the financial sector and, and running healthcare uh, organizations. Dan and Steve are in New York, Lori, and as you know, I'm in, in Pittsburgh, uh, and so we're, um, you know, uh, excited to hear from a lot of your uh, uh, viewers and all the network that you've uh, built up. You had told me about how voluminous uh, your network is, Lori, within senior care, which is just a credit to you and awesome, and I know you and I go back away, so... Uh, you know, this is another way I think our path uh, can continue to cross, Lori, uh, with the goal of helping uh, older adults, uh, in this case, the mental health uh, um, and brain health uh, perspective. Wonderful. Well, I want to thank you both for spending uh, this last hour with us. I, I think it was a very interesting conversation, and um, I hope that people reach out to you and learn more, bring it into their communities. and. Um, 
and and market this, you know, to their communities. I, I just think this is such a huge, huge benefit, especially in the day and age that we're in right now. Um, it, it couldn't be better timing, you know, with, with all Lauren, of let me just say one, one quick thing. We, we work with Medicare very closely. Okay. Um, and part of what Paul said, Dan Chomsky uh, comes from that world. And it, it is, you know, payers are not easy to work Mm -hmm. uh, you know, for, for many of those uh, that your viewers are supporting um, or the viewers themselves. And, and what Dan Chomsky does bring to us as being sort of that third leg of our tripod here is, you know, helping those that, that are our residents and their families navigate through this. And, mm -hmm. and uh, he's done a fantastic job with that. And because it's a third party uh, payer through Medicare, um, Lori, a lot of the executives at the organizations will say, what's the cost? It's really minimum because uh, our services are billed at, uh, through Part B Medicare. Okay. So One thing that I, um, that I think might be a, a nice tie-in with you guys, you might want to look into, there's an organization that is just coming to the U.S. It's called the World Kindness um, mm -hmm. USA. And it's off, you know, they're off and running in Australia and Europe and the UK and Asia. And um, Michael uh, Lloyd White is uh, heading it up. I, I got to meet him the other day. And, you know, it's, it's when you're working, especially in communities, I just think it would be a great way, you know, to say thank you, you know, and to have that positive spin. Yeah. And um, I've become a, a founding member of it, and they're doing a launch in L.A., I want to say late July, the 27th and 28th. Okay. Um, he was here earlier. He was in Minnesota. He was in Colorado. He was in California. I mean, he's all over Arizona, and then he's coming back to um, hop a few more a few more states, but just a really in, uh, inspiring man. He, in fact, he just got the most inspiring man of 2018 over um, in Australia and had to fly back to, to go receive his award and then come back That's to the great. US. But I think, you know, that whole piece of, of kindness and comfort, you know, allows us to live happier and healthier lives. And it's something that crosses all generations and, um, you know, all barriers. And um, so I just thought I would mention that to you. Yeah. Well, thank, thank you, Laurie. I will absolutely. I know Paul will. Uh, will Dr. Nussbaum and I will absolutely look at World Kindness USA. Thank you. Yeah, it's kind of cool. They have little business cards. Um, and when you see an act of kindness, you, you or when you get the card, you register it. And then when you see an act of kindness, you go onto the computer, you register your story, and then you give it to the person who was kind to you. And then it moves on. And so then every time there's an act of kindness on your card, you get, you get notified and it gets pushed out to social media. And it's just a, it's just a neat thing. You know, it doesn't, That's fantastic. yeah. Yeah. I think it's just a good thing for the soul. And I yeah. think souls are longing for that. For that. Yeah. For, uh, that's good. That's good medicine. Very much here. So again, guys, thank you so much for your time and your work. I, I think this is a tremendous business and I can't wait to watch you guys grow and Excellent. thank you so much. And thank you, Lord. Yeah, I really appreciate your time. Shout out to Calendar Cards. Um, it starts with a K for both calendar and cards. They're a memory system who help people manage um, their day. They also are gracious enough. They have created the Memory Cafe directory. And so if you're looking for a Memory Cafe or if you want to get your Memory Cafe uh, directory listed, just go to memorycafedirectory.com, and it's for the U.S. only, but Dave just does an excellent job there. The other one I want to mention is the Purple Table Reservations. Um, this is a, a system that a gal put together who owned a restaurant. Her mom had dementia. They started having gatherings in her restaurant. She's now put together a training program, and they are trying to get out to other restaurants to become trained so that people can call in and say, Need a purple table, and it's not like you're going to have a purple flag, and everyone's going to know. And it's not just for dementia, but it's for people with anxiety, um, autism, post-traumatic stress that just need a little special attention. Maybe they need a quieter area. Maybe they need a smaller menu. Um, but somebody who knows how to communicate better. 
and uh, situate them. And so you just go to purpletables.com and I think that that'll be just a wonderful way to, to help everybody out in the long run. So again, um, people can go to wellcore.com. That's W-E-L-L-Q-O-R.com or info at wellcore.com. And again, their phone number one more time is 844-888-0355. Have, have a nice week, you guys. Thank you. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. It's time to rethink, renew, and reimagine retirement. Hey, everybody. Jared Sebesta here, host of Retire Repurposed. Now, this podcast is about the non-financial parts of retirement, which many times can be even more challenging than the financial. We believe retirement is not the end, rather the beginning of what could be the most impactful, purposeful, and fulfilling season of a person's life. So don't retire. Become repurposed. To listen now, search Retire Repurpose on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.